Welcome back inside the Sacred Video Vault. It's your boy, JB. And it's your friend, Eddie. The worst boy. The worst boy. Eddie the worst boy. Yeah. Yeah. How was your Halloween? It was fun. Mummy's Curse didn't get you? Huh? You didn't get the Mummy's Curse? Oh, no. I survived that pretty well. Uh, and then I ended up in the future. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. Uh, how, how'd you do with Halloween candy? I did fine. Uh, you know what I found is that as an adult, I could just buy it. <laughs> like no one's I don't think anybody's thought about that and I'm pretty and I can just imagine one day I'm gonna have kids and because I'm a huge Jimmy Kimmel fan we're gonna have it like hey uh Josh Jr Uncle Eddie Mommy and Daddy we uh we ate all your Halloween candy Uncle Eddie ate all ate all of them little uh, does Josh know I will eat his kids if there's like <laughs> a, I will actually eat that little <laughs> bastard's candy like, Josh is like, Eddie, no, I'm kidding, kid. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie didn't eat your candy, right? And just, like, covered in fucking Skittles. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll be right back. I gotta go buy something from CBS. All right, so uh, we've had this ominous music playing on in the background for about a minute and a half right now. Um, so Eddie picked this one because uh, we figure we'll, we'll keep with the horror theme, kind of go with a little sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, we have Blade Runner for you today, folks. That's right. Blade. The original, 1982, directed by Ridley Blade Scott. Scott of uh, Alien fame. Alien, Gladiator, Matchstick Men, uh, American Gangster. Alien 2, Alien 3. No, no, he didn't do Alien 2 and Alien 3. Alien. Alien first off, Alien 2 is Aliens. Uh, That's James Cameron. Oh, Prometheus? That's not the same. Pro- no, Prometheus was a Ridley Scott. That's like a prequel. Uh, Covenant. They're not uh, good movies. I hate the Alien series, to be honest. I'm really? Not even the first one? Or no, the first one's one? so, no, I, the first one's great. The it's one. Even the get, second one's kind of fun. The second one's a rehash. Okay, I, I'll get. I, we'll talk about this some other time. I like. I like the first one, and then it's once it becomes money grabs. I'm like, I can't anymore. Alien Three was totally a money grab. Alien, Alien Resurrection was an even bigger money grab. You had Winona Ryder. Oh, we're talking about Blade Runner. Yeah, how do we get on Alien? Oh, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah. No, but. It, but from Alien to this, because Ridley Scott up until between this, I mean, I think the, the point is this movie proves he can direct anything. You can give him any kind of story. Yeah, this is a 1920s story set in 2019. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a noir story, almost. Yeah, it's, an, it's, like, a, it's a noir. Sorry. It's a, it is a noir. It's a future... It's yeah, a if it, if it, noir. It, I mean, a cyberpunk noir. Yeah, if the, mo- if the movie were made... Let's see, because this is 1982, if it would... If we were made, like, I don't know, 40 years ago, you could definitely hear the, the soundtrack would be like, I can't beatbox to save my life. What, Are you what, just what? doing NES noises? Yeah, probably. I haven't played <laughs> NES since I, was, since I was, like, 11. 18-bit theme songs. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's a noir in its most beautiful form. You have all the characters of a noir. Um, you have... Uh, just like, I mean, even the idea of like, Ridley Scott tried to put voiceover, or I don't know, we can go into that story some other time, uh, or we'll talk about it later, but um, just like, yeah, there were like Harrison Ford narrations, like the way it's, the way LA is shot, it's like, all right, what if we just took the rainy New York, uh, the rainy LA from like the 1920s and just really just hammered it in. And that's yeah. The future now has a is yeah, completely covered. This was right his all the first time. film right after right after Alien. Is right. Yeah, so he definitely had more of a, a rep as 
the um, as the sci-fi guy, but then, and then right after this, three years later, he did The Legend, which is that dark fantasy adventure with Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, Tim Curry is the devil. Maybe we should review that. Um, then, but then from there, he goes Thelma and Louise, fourteen ninety two, GI Jane, Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down. Um, oh, he did Hannibal. Yeah, he did. Oof. Did that really bad Robin Hood with Russell Crowe? Woof. Uh, Prometheus. The Exodus Gods and Kings was him. Oh no! Get the fuck, really? Yeah. Why is he doing that? I didn't know that either. Oh boy. Uh, but then The Martian, which is supposed to be good, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about Matt Damon anymore. No, I'm kidding. I like yeah. Matt Damon. Just like, oh, it's just Matt Damon. And then he did Alien Covenant, that I'm seeing right here. Uh, gross, grossed a quarter of a billion dollars. I hate that movie so much. Really? It's so bad. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, sixty-eight percent. So you're. I'm in the minority, but also, uh, okay, Rotten Tomatoes, we get it. You like alien movies. Look, it's a bad movie. It's just Alien 1, again. And then and then there's literally a scene, I'm not joking, where there's two Michael Fassbenders, because, no, because you have to have two Michael Fassbenders in a movie, apparently, uh, and one is playing the recorder, and he goes, you, uh, you, uh, you blow... I'll hold this and you blow. And, no, I, he says, I'll finger and you'll blow. Oh, and the audience on. started fucking laughing because it was just such an, in a, like, it was like Michael Fassbender literally was just jerking him off the whole movie. Oh, God. And I don't, I don't have beef with Fassbender. I like him a lot. But that's what was going on was that he was literally just watching Michael Fassbender yeah. jerk off. Let's get back to Blade Runner, though, because... God, we ate some crazy pizza. We got some, we got the food coma going on. Oh yeah, we're getting real tired. Yeah, you, you're you're still drinking soda. I mean, so am I. <laughs> anyway, so based off of the short, I think it's a short story, or is it a novel? Short story called uh, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" That's right, Philip K. Dick. Yeah, and Philip K. Dick, you know, he did Minority Report too. What? There's a second one? No, I'm kidding. Yes, that's right. He did Minority Report as well. Yeah. Um, I will, did. And I uh, did... Um, wasn't Bicentennial made him, him too? Or was that... Uh, Asimov. Was like a, yeah. I think it... E- either way, I, he did Minority Report for sure. Oh, he did a Scanner Darkly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I have a co... I, there's a lot. It's just like one of those... He's one of those writers that like... You think to yourself, oh, yeah, no, he, yeah, like Stephen King. He's like kind of like a Stephen King where, like, I'll think of a movie by Philip K. A, a Philip K. Dick, like, a month after thinking about Philip. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was Philip K. Dick, huh? So yeah. it's, it's a lot. And the story it's set in, it's former Los Angeles, but it, it's kind of like Los Angeles, but also Tokyo, also a little bit of Hong Kong. Yeah. Like, very unique looking world. Yeah, it, uh, de- I'm, I would not be shocked if it inspired uh, Ghost in the Shell at all. Uh, another another type of like society where it's you can definitely see that it's very globalized. Uh, it actually came up with the idea... Yeah, it's like a globalized society before the 90s where like you have... You know, you have English everywhere, but then you'll suddenly see Russian advertising on top of like... Uh, you know, like Japanese letters and some everything's like mixing up because it just assumed that the future would be so um, technologically like, advanced that and, we and, could, and just advanced like as a as a society. Yeah, and also there'd be a lot of uh, cultural uh, you know exchanges. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. I think I love that idea like that, and that's what we're sort of heading toward as a society, which is great. We're but like yeah, you'll suddenly in, in this everyone's expected to know kind of like four different languages because 
everybody's just so even in cultures. Yeah, and you got Harrison Ford as Rick Deckard. He's doing this in between playing Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Because yeah, right. this was after Raiders, before Jedi. That's right. And they they did it because Ford would he would have been about forty when this came out. Yeah, Ford would have been about forty. Yeah. Yeah, and he just nailed the, the I'm a I'm a retired cop and I'm and I'm tired of everything. Here. Yeah, but, he nailed that. Um, I always get a little. I always think about. Oh, uh, sorry about that. I always get a little. Um, I always think that's really funny that he's a quote retired cop because like at forty. You probably wouldn't be a retiring cop at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I would be, I would yeah, say like 55. Like, maybe in one of like the, because the cut that I watched was the producer's cut. No, 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 you're, you're, you're right. You're not yeah. wrong. It's just, it's funny to me that like, like I'm always like, what are you going to do now? Like, I'm retiring as, from my, from my employment, but I still have like, but I'm probably like nowhere near actually getting retirement money for this. You know? Well, I, well, I was also thinking because, the first time I saw this, I think, was 2010, maybe early 2011. The version I had from Netflix was Ridley, one of Ridley Scott's versions, the one that isn't four hours long. Yeah. And But it definitely had voiceovers, because the one I watched ahead of, ahead of this recording right now, there was no voiceover. That's right. That, the voiceover so, was in the original movie. Yeah. And then they uh, cut it. And I think there's like a... They're tr- that's the thing, that's one of the beautiful things about this movie. There's really like no perfect way to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different cuts of this movie. There's some people who really like the narration, and some people who agree it's all bad. I am one, I am in the boat of that. I don't care either way. It doesn't bother me so much. I mean, I really en- I really enjoy. But it's a completely different movie when you yeah. Add the, the the version I watched yesterday and part of today, I I enjoyed it very much just because. I feel like much much of Ridley Scott's early work. I mean, because uh, he did this with Alien, they definitely got it with this. It's almost like being in a dreamlike state. Yeah. Watching this movie just because like the the lighting is very dark. There's no not a lot of brightness. It's just very otherworldly. Yeah. I mean, because you talked about the sets reminding you of Ghost in the Shell. I was thinking more Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that. Well, I'm mean, not saying the sets. I was saying this as society itself, but the sets themselves. Like, no. As a movie site, yeah, yeah, I would say Big Trouble. Well, I think that movie's a little bright for me, but I'm saying Ghost in the Shell. What it reminds me of, Ghost yeah. tells what the society's going to be in terms of like cinematic, um, cinematic uh, uh, comparisons. Um, I would go even more like I would go um, probably like Double Indemnity. Like it really did. Draw, I think I've never seen Double Indemnity. Oh, that's great. Uh, it really did draw from the noir, where the only light they would have. Would be like the window, the light of the yeah. the light of the street, of the street light from outside the window, giving just the desk light because yeah. they didn't really have a lighting kit at the time. Absolutely, uh, uh, but let, let's get to the story. So Harrison Ford plays Rick Decker, the retired um, L.A. cop who worked as what they as what they call a Blade Runner because pretty much in the society they have they have replicants. Yes, to was like a labor force or yeah, that's right. It's like a, they're, they're synthesized human beings. Yeah, who live for four years exactly. And then they got to be retired. Yeah, or, or they or they just flat out die. They're they're programmed so that. Yeah, but oh, sorry, rephrase that. If the program fails, then they if they over if they they're scheduled to die, and if they do not die, then the Blade Runner comes after them. Yeah, I mean the Blade Runner also acts like something of an immigration officer because all re- replicants have to be registered to to work on Earth. Exactly. And that's the premise of this movie, is that four illegal replicants 
one of whom has killed a Blade Runner, yes. are on Earth, and his and his old boss, played by M. Emmett Walsh, who has been like everything from a cowboy to a cop to everything, um, says, "Hey, Deckard, you were the best. What you did? Can you help us track these ones down and do what you got to do?" Yeah, but he's been so yeah. He's just he doesn't want to do it. He, yeah, he'd he'd rather chill at the noodle shop and eat out of this 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 weird bowl. Yeah. Then get arrested and sit in the back eating it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he's really he's really uh, a depiction. He's like they're trying to go really 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 hard on that hard boiled detective style guy. Yeah. Um, he's the epitome of all that. Yeah, my cat's trying to paw into the room. <laughs> yeah, and then you got Edward James Olmos as yeah. as his partner who just doesn't give a fuck, but yeah. clearly hates him for retiring on him. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because Edward James Olmos, even though he's a great <laughs> actor, he's he's only in about three scenes in this movie and still just crushes it. You know what's crazy? He's in the new one, too. Uh, oh, is the same character? Yeah, same character. He just is, like, interviewed, and that's it. He's in it for hmm. a... He's only in it for one scene. He shows up for, like, one tiny monologue... And then he just isn't mentioned for the rest of the movie. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, and I think it's also just proof that Ridley Scott can take any actor, put him in the in the movie for as few minutes as possible, and they'll still just knock it out of the park. Because Russell Crowe has said the best thing about working with Ridley is that he cares so much about the performers that he makes the movie all about them. He's not got his own vision. He goes, no, 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 I'm going to get the best out of these people, and that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, exactly. He'll change... He'll change up a character. He'll change up a character entirely if he can get a better performance out of the out of the person. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and then he goes to the because these replicants are part of the Tyrell Corporation. That's right. And um, Mr. Eldon Tyrell, played by Joe Turkle, who some of you may may recognize as Lloyd the bartender from The Shining. Yep. Yeah, and here he's just playing instead of this little smooth talking liquor distributor. He's this. He's a nerdy inventor dude. That's right. Yeah, and he has his assistant, Rachel, played by Sean Young. That's right. Sean Young, it girl of her time. Yeah. Ace Ventura, pet detective. Yeah, Lois Einhorn in Ace Ventura, pet detective. She was also in... Oh, I forget the movie. It's it's basically a spoof of Chinatown and, like, a 90s movies in general. That's funny. Yeah. Ooh, uh, Chinatown. That's the movie we're going to do. Yeah. And... It's it's really a shame because apparently she got such a, a rep of being hard to work with that she had a couple of hits, but then nobody ever wanted to work with her again because she was terrible. Uh, yeah. But that aside, and just as Rachel, they're doing, they're doing this replicant test on her because because Rachel is a replicant. She is a replicant. She is a replicant. We won't even try to argue that one. Yeah, she is a replicant, but she's a little more sentient than other ones. She assumes that she is the niece of Tyrell because Tyrell has illegally downloaded memories into her brain. Yes. Which, uh, that were already used of his niece. So she assumes that she is actually his niece, but in fact, she is a replicant. And and, uh, his niece is passed on. His niece passed away, which is why he created Rachel personally. Right. And she is, she believes she is his niece, but actually she's only like about three months old. Yeah. But she has, like, a lot more emotions than the most replicants. Yeah, because she has real memories. Yeah. She's not just, like, a regular being. She is also aware... She's not just a being that exists. She is a being that believes that she is human. Right. And that's really the issue, right? Like, who's human? Who's a replicant? What makes a human? And this movie kind of shows that it's... I think the theory is that you can put illegal memories into somebody and make them think that they have the experiences to think that they are a human... And so, 
it's kind of it's like super yeah super fucked up that's all I'm gonna say yeah but her first scene with Harrison Ford where he's conducting the test on her it's just <laughs> it's gorgeous a, what is it is it a kid about to be hit by a spider okay keep going yeah here we go you're reading a magazine you come across a full page nude photo of a girl is this testing whether I'm a replicant or a lesbian Mr. Deckard just answer the questions please You show it to your husband. He likes it so much, he hangs it on your bedroom wall. I wouldn't let him. Why not? I should be in the for him. One more question. You're watching a stage play. A banquet is in progress. The guests are enjoying an appetizer of raw oysters. The entree consists of boiled dog. Would you step out for a few moments, Rachel? So, he got this Voight Kampf test, which is what they call it. And I think that the whole point of them showing the test to be known is just to prove just how confusing it can be and just how deep a person you have to be to able to run it. Because it looks like he's just focusing on her, on her pupil dilation, asking her some questions and the machine scrambles and... Well, I mean, I don't think... I think it's, um... I think it's less about your... It's about the reaction of the person. Like, just the tiniest of motion in the eye, like, shows oh, yeah. that you are... Like, the re he goes, yeah, like, the idea is, like, turns out it's a dog. And then it's like a human being would be like, oh, no. And then the a pupil might, like, open up a little bit. Like, she's not showing any involuntary reactions. Because you can fake being sad, but, yeah. like, you can't fake the involuntary muscles. Uh, but this is actually really interesting. This actually um, sounds like the um, in the new movie. There is, uh, and I'm going to talk about the new movie now. So Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm now going to talk about it. Uh, you've had two weeks to watch it. Um, no, four weeks. Anyway, in the new one, um, they do a sim a test backwards, where the main character, played by baby boy Ryan Gosling. Um, is and that's going to be how I shall refer to baby boy Ryan Gosling from here on in. I'm telling Didi Gregorius you're cheating on him. I no one's going to get that because we've never done a baseball episode. Um, <laughs> so uh, baby boy Ryan Gosling is a replicant, so he's given a test that's in order to test his baseline. And so he basically he's asked all these questions where it's like, um, you see, hey, it's just all you just it, all this is about repeating. And the reaction of repeating. So it says, "Where do you work in a play? Where do you work in a giant office? Cells." And he just responds, "Cells." And it's supposed to test that his baseline is non-reactionary, as opposed right. to a human who would probably think about the answers and have reactions about the. What is it like to hold hands with someone you love? Cells, cells. Like he, that's yeah. one of the questions. So it's like, what is it like for you to hold hands with somebody that you love? It's supposed to invoke an interior, an involuntary reaction. Yeah. And he doesn't have those. He just says cells, just like right. the machine's telling him to. And in the them. new one, it's not the Tyrell Corporation, it's the Wallace Corporation. It's the Wallace Corporation, yeah. With Jared Leto. I mean, you know. And a t-shirt I gave you. That's right. So, it, 
So they pretty much they're they making replicants for the same purposes at Wallace. Or? Oh, it's the exact same thing. Yes, right. um, it's literally just the labor force. Um, it's the plot of the movie is basically that there is a baby who was born as both a replicant and a human. A human and a replicant get it on oh. and have a baby. And Wallace wants the baby because he wants to be able to make learn how to make trillions more of these things to sell trillions because he can only make so much of these things. So he wants to now go past... Go past, like, regulation? But Not regulation. He wants to go past the limits of what a scientist can do and actually create life through birth of something that isn't technically human. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, he wants... He wants to literally play God. He wants to literally be able to say, "I want to create." I'm so far. I'm so fucking insane of a scientist that I want to create the birthing process through replicants, so that way they can create their own society of slaves. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see it. I mean, I tried to get to it today, but unfortunately, didn't have the time. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably see it like in this week or next. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, you got the other replicants, because who is it? There, there's Leon, there's Zora, there's Pris. And then there is Roy, Roy Batty. Batty. Who? Oh my god, I love Roy Batty. Roy Batty. Yeah, R- Rutger Hauer, a, probably his first American role, if you think about it. I mean, what can't we say about Roy Batty? Yeah, He's just... He's the best character. He's like the most... He's the most... Po- like, why did that turn out so... Like, he... There's no reason that that man, that that character should be so Shakespearean, but he really captures like, it's so it's so over the top, but it's so good. Yeah, and he he's not even over the top. He's just like almost sociopathic. Yes, it's like, it's like through his performance, he's trying to create emotions, but because he's a really an, a replicant, he can't create emotions. All he is, is just a shell of a human. Who knows how humans should act and how much of a shell he is. So he's trying to show you that he doesn't want to die, but he really doesn't care. Yeah, because it's also... Because the whole point is he goes back to Earth to go to the Tyrell Corporation. Because he is one of the more advanced replicants that was created. Yeah, he was created... You mean like in age? Yeah, he's like four years old. He's about to die. Yeah, but no, I'm just talking in terms of abilities. Oh, yeah, He's like very technically advanced, very intelligent. Yeah. So... He goes back there to say, oh, I want more life. And he very, uh, a scene that builds up into, you go, well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. I hey, mean, like, I don't, I don't want to give that spoiler. Because normally we give spoilers, folks. I don't want to do that in this movie. All right. Because it's that good. I mean, but they also have had 30 years. Um, yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, because it's also, it's also like, with a film with very little significant dialogue, there's, it just, it, it Paces itself with the writing well. The action's phenomenal. Uh, Harrison Ford is great. Rucker Hauer. I mean, like, just... Rucker Hauer's whole body of work. I mean, for those of you listening, here's what he did. He did Blade Runner 1982. Then he did, um... Oh, what did he do with that they're gonna know? Uh, he was in the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was... He's in Batman Begins. As, um... Like, that board of directors guy. Yeah, he's kind of just around. Yeah. Uh, he was in, he's Cardinal Rourke in Sin City. 
He's oh yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh my God. He he's a hobo with a shotgun as the hobo. Oh. He was Van Helsing in Dracula 3D. And on and on television more recently, he's he had a recurring role on True Blood. He was on. He was Kurt Barlow in Sal- in that new Salem's Lot that came out in 2004. Just and he got nominated for a Saturn <laughs> Award for this movie. And it's it's like you said he he doesn't want to die, but he also kind of accepts his fate. Yeah, well, it's it's like because he's definitely acting like, look, I'm dying soon. I got nothing to lose. Why don't I just kill all these people? Yeah, he's he's just it's like he's experiencing just the grief that we as humans have. With the no, with our own knowledge that we're going to die, yeah. But he doesn't know what else to do because he hasn't been walked through it. Suddenly, he's got like a day, and he's like, "Well, I guess, yeah, I guess we all die." And not ju- and not just that. I mean, then you got Leon, who he's like, "Oh, my birthday's this day. How long do I have?" And he's like, "Oh shit, I am, I'm gonna die soon." He freaks out, only to get shot in the back yeah, by Rachel. Everyone, yeah, that's really a problem. They're all just like realizing. That how much time they have left, but again, they don't really realize how much time they have left because they are robots. You know what I mean? Not realizing, but they don't really realize what it means until the last minute, and that's a defect, really. Yeah, and uh, but that, and I think that being said, during a the climax of the of the film where Deckard is finally throwing down man on, man to man with with Roy Batty. Like, it gets to the point where Harrison Ford, he's dangling from a roof in the rain. He is just, he's so, he's not far off from dying himself. Mm-hmm. Baddie's up there, can give him the death blow and instead saves him. Yeah. Like, brings him, brings him to the fore. Because at this point during the fight, Batty realizes, oh god, my body's shutting down. I can't use my hand anymore. Yes. Like, what what's going to happen? And then we got this beautiful monologue. Just that line, my memories will be lost in time like tears and rain. That's right. Just, yeah, you know what? I'm dying. This is my life. Nothing I can do about it. At least I had them. You know, it just sucks because it like, really is like when you think about it, like all those memories that you have, like, and when you die, it's like, man, like, it's like, but so are all the other memories that are going too. You know, like, 
Everybody who dies is memories that are lost. Like, experiences that will never be regained. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. But you've seen this one. You've seen Blade Runner 2049. But between the two, what do you think is better? If you had to I mean, one. this one. But, like, 2049 isn't a bad movie by any means. 2049... So, the reason why I love 2049... It's not really a comparable movie. That's because mm-hmm. 2049 isn't Blade Runner Part 2. It's... I mean, it's the same universe. It's like, yeah, it's like if you were to watch, uh, like, a, a one Star Trek TV show and then watch another Star Trek TV show. You'd be like, yeah, okay. well, it's not the next generation, but it's like... Yeah, yeah, next generation is cool, but, like, Voyager, like... Sometimes they, it's not like Voyager's a bad TV show. Because I, I'm, not, I'm not a Trekkie by any means, but one thing I've noticed just from, from seeing, uh, you know, let's say TNG, Next Generation, and uh, Deep Space Nine, it's that whereas TNG, it's got the more vintage pacing, almost like a play, takes its time, <coughs> DS9, it's a lot more rapid fire, <coughs> because that's where, that's where um, writing for television had evolved by the time that the, the show came on the air. Yeah, it's not, and it's just like a different, it's just, it's like, it's like watching, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like watching Spider-Man and Iron Man. You know, like, it's like, we get that we compare them, but, like, it's a completely different story. It just so happens that the story involves Rick Deckard, but here's the thing, they give you enough information within Blade Runner 4049 that... You don't actually have to watch the original Blade Runner. I think a lot of people think you have to watch the original Blade Runner. You do. You have to. But just like just for life, though, you can watch this one and be completely caught up because the mystery is its own mystery. You're just the same. You and you and um, Officer K, who is Baby Boy Ryan Gosling's character, both have the same information starting off if you've never seen the original Blade Runner. If you have seen the original Blade Runner, though, you will figure the mystery out within, like, 20 minutes. Alright. So you could watch the original, and uh, 2049, and, like, you would be basically on the, on the same page as Ryan Gosling's character. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, not, it's not like the world is aware of what happened to, um... To Deckard, Deckard. and Rachel. As of, in, within the movie, they go, who is this Officer Deckard? And it's like, oh, Deckard? And then you run to Edward James Almer's character, who's like, Deckard, you like to be alone. I like to be alone, too. That's why we work together, so that way we can keep it that way. And it's like, oh, I got an idea of who this Rick Deckard guy is. Yeah. But you don't need to, like, you can also watch it. <clears throat> That's a great line, though. I like, uh, you like to be alone, I like to be alone. That's why I demand we work together, so we can keep it that way. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, that's it's like, phenomenal. And it's, uh, you get an idea of that. You also see uh, Ryan Gosling's character who does the Blade Runner job, yeah. but he's a replicant, but it's like, okay, that's weird. But oh, get... Gosling's a replicant. Okay. Gosling's a replicant, yes. So Gosling's actually the opposite of Rick Deckard. Rick Deckard is a guy who wants to be left alone and just so happens to end up in this job. Officer K's character is a replicant whose only job is to be a Blade Runner. So Dates! Yeah, so he doesn't know what else to do. So it's like... You know, they're two completely different characters, two completely different points of views, and two completely different movies just so happen to be called Blade Runner and take place in L.A. in twenty in the mid... 21st century. Yeah, kind of, I guess. It's about I mean, 40 years it, no matter how you look at it, even, even if you... I feel this is a movie that a lot of people like but don't love, and... Yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it very much. It's a It gets a B-plus from me. Oh, it gets an A minus. Uh, for me, 
but I'm not it gives saying it a B plus for me just because it moves very slowly. I'm not saying I know people who do love Blade Runner. Yeah, my I mean it's it's a it's a sci-fi classic. No my matter how you spin. My boss has the unicorn origami tattooed on her arm. Um, really? Yeah, it's not. It, it, it is an a, it's a B, it's an A minus. It's not my favorite movie because in my head, Blade Runner is not there. You know when there's like a movie that hits favorite movie category. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's certain movies that like hit like Inspector Get no, I'm kidding. I like The Godfather. Godfather. Like one of the movies that like uh, it's Departed. Yeah. My favorite movie is uh, probably Casablanca or something like that. You know what I mean? But my, my favorite, uh, this is going to be a weird choice, Lost in Translation. Okay, yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, those are movies that hit. So Blade Runner is like up there for me, but like just for some reason, I think it's just Harrison Ford. Like, Harrison Ford movies to me are just like series. I, I would watch Harrison Ford read the phone book and drink a beer. Honestly. Well, I would too. I'm just saying that like, indie, like eh, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would watch that. I don't know. It's not, it's, it, if there, you know what, if you are a huge fan of Blade Runner, you're not wrong. Like, Blade Runner's a great movie. Uh, it's one of my, it's just one of my favorites. But if I was, like, naming my top five, it would not be on there. Yeah. So, anyway, we got it's a, missing that thing. We got a guest reviewer who has actually been to the future. Uh, Rick, what'd you think of the movie? I, uh, jeez. Uh, fucking, look, I, I like it a lot. I like, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. How it's a good com- movie. How to compare with the actual future. Yo, let me tell you something, man. All right, so, like, the future, let me just say right the fuck now, man, It's it's got some shit. Uh, it's got some dope shit. Uh, but I don't... I mean, this is a bad... That's a bad future. <laughs> All right, so but would you take your portal gun there anyway? Have hey, some fun. You fucking moron. My portal gun only goes two dimensions. The future is not a dimension. <laughs> I have to create a fucking car. A fucking car, Josh. A fucking car, Josh. You know how hard it is to create a car, Josh? You know how hard? It takes a lot of time and effort, Josh. And you also have to go around a lot of, a lot of fucking... Rick! Rick! Oh, jeez, Rick! Just, here, drink your drink. Drink your drink. Uh, just... I'm gonna go create that car now. <laughs> when I get back, I don't want to hear any more of your stupid... Stupid shit, Joshua Benjamin. <laughs> All right, I'm going. Peace out. No, wait, no. Let me do that again. Hang on. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as they say in Canada, peace out. Guys. All right. Bye. All right. Goodbye, Rick. Thanks for stopping by. Man, why'd you invite him in, man? Oh, I, uh, sorry. I was drinking my soda. I didn't <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> lot, lot of fun. It's got robots. It's got killer robots. It's got sexy ladies. It's got a weird-looking universe. Uh, did I forget anything? It's got Harrison Ford driving a weird-ass car. They're great. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, Blade a lot. Great. We'll talk about a lot of other stuff, but right, right now, Blade Yeah, we'll, we'll find a movie to review next week, and then we'll get back to you. Uh, all right, anything you want to plug? No, that's it. All right, uh, give me your Twitter. Um, it is at the worst boy, and then boy with an I instead of a Y. All right, and you could uh, find me, JB's World 3286 uh, like us on Facebook, Video Vault. Follow us on Twitter, Video Video underscore Vault PC. PC stands for podcast. Uh, Sub like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Going to be uh, checking out some more uh, podcast platforms in the meanwhile. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Don't forget to lock up. <laughs>